Welcome to the Health Business Growth Show, where we take you behind the scenes of the top health businesses to learn how they built their success. Remember, success leaves clues, and we're going to be sharing those with you. I'm your host, JJ Bergen, Inc. 5000 founder of the Mindshare Collaborative, along with members of our Mindshare Mentor team. And each week, we are joined by some of the most brilliant, innovative, and okay, slightly unhinged health business experts you're going to ever meet. These folks have built empires from scratch, navigated the choppy waters of entrepreneurship, and will be sharing both their struggles and their successes on the journey of creating a thriving health business. So if you're ready to take your business to the next level by learning from the best, you are in the right place. In each episode of the Health Business Growth Show, we'll tackle real-world, relevant topics to help you build your audience and scale your income. From marketing to mindset, from hiring to firing, and everything in between. We'll share our own stories of success and failure, interview some of the most amazing guests in the health business world, and we promise to never take ourselves too seriously. Because let's be honest, building your health business can be a bit challenging at times. Success takes resilience, creativity, courage, and a willingness to step outside of your comfort zone. And we are here to help you navigate through all of it. Find the humor in the chaos and build a health business that's truly worth it. So let's get this party started. We are so glad you are here. So there is a hidden treasure, something that doesn't cost any money that will bring you great joy that you may not be really working with to your fullest in your business that can really exponentially increase your business and the joy that you'll have in your life. And it is strategic partnerships. And today we're going to talk about how to build the right relationships that lead to exponential results for your business and brand. And I have Liz Marshall with me to do that. Liz Marshall actually presented on this at the Mindshare Leadership Summit last year. She's a publishing and brand strategist for thought leaders who want to make a lasting impact on their audience and industry. And for the past 18 years, she's worked with many influential speakers and authors, including Seth Godin, Michael Port, and former Starbucks president Howard Behar. She's advised both entrepreneurs and leaders at every stage and level through her workshops and programs, and she co-wrote The Contrarian Effect with New York Times bestselling author Michael Port, which won awards from 1-800-CEO-READ and Amazon's editorial board. She's delivered keynotes for various industry conferences and hosted moderated over 200 virtual events. And again, she did a workshop and mic drop last year talking about how to build strategic relationships So make sure you check out the show notes because we're also going to link to Joe Polish's book. Joe Polish also talked about this subject at the last year's summit. So I'm going to put all that at mindsharecollaborative.com forward slash Liz. And I will be right back with Liz Marshall. Stay with me. Do you know what the most successful subject line of all time is? You are not alone. One of the most common statements I hear when people attend our events is, oh my gosh, I found my people. I don't feel alone anymore. In fact, Mindshare started because I was at a marketing event. And when I asked one of the experts the best way to build my business, he said, do it through collaboration. 
the only challenge was that I was going to these events and there were very few health professionals or health business owners in the room. So I started inviting my peers to come to the events and join me for lunch where we could share best practices and get to know each other. Well, we quickly outgrew those meeting rooms and I decided we should hold our own event, which has become our annual gathering, now in its 10th year, the Mindshare Leadership Summit. This unique event is a combination of facilitated networking that even the biggest introvert enjoys so that you'll leave the event with at least 10 great relationships to help expand your impact. There's strategic training by your peers to share what's working right now in their health businesses so that you can increase your income and incredible keynotes by notables, including Dr. Joe Dispenza, Marie Forleo, Lisa Nichols, and Brendan Burchard to help you expand your vision. We also have our Future of Health Talk competition where you will help select the winner or you can even compete yourself to get featured in the media and top podcasts. And because in my next life, I really want to be a party planner. We include a world-class costume party and a celebratory gala featuring our Impact Awards, where we acknowledge the incredible achievements of our members. This year's event is October 5th through 8th at the spectacular JW Marriott Camelback Resort and Spa in Scottsdale, Arizona. Attendance is by application only. So to learn more and apply, go to MindshareSummit.com. Now, this is our 10th anniversary year, so the celebration is going to be off the hook. You do not want to miss it. So again, MindshareSummit.com. See you there. All right, Liz Marshall, welcome to the show. I'm so thrilled to be digging into relationships with you. I'm so excited for our conversation. And not to be confused, we're not talking like romantic relationships. We are talking strategic relationships. You talk about strategic relationships as being like one of these most undervalued strategies you can use in your business. So I'm really excited about unpacking this. It's something you taught at the Mindshare Summit. But before we get into that, because we have a lot to go through here and some very actionable stuff, I would love to first share, because you are a great business and book strategist as to like just your origin story, how you got into all of this. I've had my own strategy and consulting practice for almost 20 years. And I like to joke that, you know, I told my mom when I was growing up that I wanted to get paid to read books. And so here we are all these years later. Well, you paid well too, because, you know, you could have been an editor. hundred percent. You know, I wear two hats. I wear, you know, like the book strategy hat, but I also wear like the biz dev, like overall, you know, business development hat and like what that overall strategy looks like for thought leaders, because, you know, you can, you know, whether you're growing your thought leadership through books or speaking or summits or other types of things, you know, it's easy to have that 15 minutes of fame. And when you don't have that bigger picture strategy to carry you into perpetuity, then things can feel you know, like a grind, hustling, not that much fun. And strategic relationships are that foundation and accelerant that help get you from that 15 minutes of fame to stepping on a plane five years from now and seeing the person in 3B, you know, watching your TED talk on their iPad or reading your book or something like that. We all want that. Yes. And I will tell you that if you do not know how to use these things correctly, you can waste such major opportunities, case in point, like two years being on the Dr. Phil show weekly and not knowing how to utilize that. That really is what got me into doing all this, <laughs> That the pain of that. Well, and I mean, JJ, you're a great model for what this practice looks like, that you know, building strategic relationships is the foundation for everything, whether it's a book launch, you know, 
really trying to grow your platform as a speaker, you're promoting a new, you know, have a new app or program launch or a summit. The underpinning of that is strategic relationships. But at the same time, you know, the timing is an important aspect because if you have a summit coming up in two months, that's not the time to say, hey, it's great to meet you. I really need you to promote my summit, you know, without building that rapport and that relationship first. Yeah, it's funny. I literally just got an email from someone who I haven't heard from for five years and I didn't really know her. She was an acquaintance. was like, hey, how are you? I'm launching a new summit, da-da-da-da-da. And I'd love you to promote it. And I'm like, really? Like, you have not reached out in five years. (laughs) You know, now it's like, hey, friend. There are definitely some rules of the road. So I'm excited to dig into this because I want to make sure our community doesn't do those little faux pas. Well, and I, I think it's so much, you know, when we look at the pillars of health, you know, some of the things that we feel like are too obvious that we need to, you know, do weight bearing exercise. You know, we need that, you know, fitness routine. We need to have like our rudiments in place from like a diet and nutrition standpoint. And I think conventional wisdom trains us to think, oh my gosh, there must be some sort of magic bullet or quick fix. And while there are, you know, trendy marketing strategies to use from time to time, there's no bypassing the work and the commitment to the long game of, you know, building these relationships for the sake of them, as our, you know, buddy Joe Polish says. It's fun to have them. So that's the other great thing. They bring you great joy. But it really seems like building these strategic relationships is just an undervalued strategy. And I'm just wondering why, like, to me, it's it's not only a more fun way to build your business, right, and enjoyable, but it's also a lot easier to work within a warm audience than to go out to a cold audience. So why do you think that this is so undervalued? Going back to the conventional wisdom and advice out there, I think that we, you know, even if we don't mean to consciously, we want that, like those immediate results and the quick fix. We wanted to be able to follow a formula and a blueprint in in certain aspects of marketing and business building. There are principles and formulas that we can follow, but relationships are with other human beings that don't always, you know, fall in line with a formula. And so I think that's some of it you know, some advice might be like, okay, well, you know, if you want to build this relationships, follow, you know, A, B, and C, and then on day 29, you'll be able to say X, Y, Z. But then how do we know if the person's going to respond that way? Because they are, it is a dialogue and it's a two-way conversation. So I think that's some of it. And also I think people feel, you know, there's the reaction of seeing people as transactions and looking at what you can get instead of looking at relationship first. But I also think I think this is so true for the mindshare community that has collectively such big hearts. They're committed to making a difference in their space. You know, we can be so like focused on relationships and scared to like get to that ask piece. So, you know, how can we build that relationship, but then also, you know, feel like confident and encouraged that we can collaborate in a lot of different ways at multiple points along the development of a relationship, whether that be with an individual, you know, fellow author, speaker, podcaster, or with a you know supplement company, with an industry association. So then speaking of that, because now you've just kind of gone through different types of relationships, do you have some kind of secret sauce like to figure out the right relationships that we should be looking for? I do. So I figured. Yes. I like to start <laughs> with like three criteria and, you know, we can get more nuance from here, but these apply across the board. So the first criteria is to say, okay, 
who are the individuals and groups that serve the same or similar audience? You know, so if your expertise is around hormones or gut health, I mean, you're not going to want to partner with the quilting association, right? You want to find those aligned individuals and groups that have similar, not just demographics, but psychographics. And there's, there's an alignment on paper. The second criteria is to look for the values exchange. So sometimes you can take a look at a particular individual or group that you'd really want to get to know, but you have to check in and be honest with yourself. Do you, are you really inspired by what they're doing and vice versa? Because at the end of the day, if you're not excited about what they're doing and you don't believe in their mission, then that's gonna, not going to make for a really great relationship. The third criteria is proximity. And this will change over time, but I often see this, especially around launch time, whether this is books or summits, that we get this idea of the leader in our particular category, that celebrity of sorts, that if we feel like we only had that relationship with, then you know, our promotion would be made in the shade. And when there's not proximity, it's challenging to build that relationship when there's great opportunities all around you, you know, colleagues, fellow author speakers that are growing their platforms as well that are more than happy to partner and collaborate with you. I'm glad you said that one. I still remember one gal from Mindshare who was getting ready to release her book and she goes, oh no, I've got, I said, okay, so are you ready for your book launch and all that? She goes, oh yeah, one person was going to promote for her and she put all her eggs in that. And I was like, um, <laughs> yikes. And it is one of the things that we've really focused on in Mindshare with this whole idea of a rising tide lifts all boats is that we put collaboration over competition. But I will tell you, Liz, when we first started getting together and having people share best practices and connect, and we specifically would put people into special interest group lunches, as you know, since you've been there, you know, we'd have the hormone doctors together and we'd have the anti-aging doctors. And they're like, what? You want me to share my best stuff with my competition? <laughs> and I remember Brendan Burchard going, you know, people don't buy one diet book. I'm like, true. They are looking into anti-aging. They're going to follow all the anti-aging people. They're going to follow all the hormone people. So I love that you said that about the collaboration because it's so, so powerful. And regardless of whether you formally collaborate and create like a group program or event or, you know, co-create a product, there's so many ways to collaborate, you know, having your fellow com quote competitors on your podcast and vice versa or your summit and vice versa. And it's, it's interesting, you know, going back to the example that you shared about the woman who had just the one person she was counting on. I'll never forget. This was like 2011 a client who came to me pretty close to his launch. And I was like, I'll see what I can do to help. It's not very much, you know, you don't have much time, but he was hoping that, you know, Ariana Huffington was going to promote for him. She promised to promote. And that was the weekend that that Arizona Senator was, Oh boy. And there goes the promotion. And so, mm -hmm. and on the one hand, we can say, Oh my gosh, what a strategy. On the other hand, it's just a great reminder and opportunity to really diversify our launch strategy and our relationships as we would our investments. And I don't mean to say that relationships are investments, but when we look at, okay, we have a broad range of, of people and communities that are interested in what we're doing to promote, then we don't get fixated on certain outcomes that honestly we can't control in the first place. Yes. So, so true. Now we've built up our relationships and when do you know it's time? You know, you've got this great relationship and you don't want to muddy the relationship by 
asking for something? Like how, like, how do you navigate that? Well, yeah. So I think there are some, like, if this, then that scenarios, there's some obvious answers to, you know, if you just met someone and then, you know, next week your book is launching, there's probably not been enough time to establish the relationship. If you've, you know, gotten to know someone over, you know, say six months, you're, you know, engaging with them on their, you know, IG posts, you know, you've really had a chance to build the rapport, then you can reach out and say, you know, I know we're still getting to know each other, but I would, it would mean so much to me for you to be a part of my summit, you know, let me know if it feels like too soon, but I would love for you to consider that. So being transparent and honest, well, you know, checking in with your intuition to say, okay, are my motivations pure? Do I care about this relationship for the sake of it? regardless of what the answer may be. I mean, I've had colleagues that I'm really close with tell me no at different times. Like I remember when I reached out to Dan Pink for an endorsement for a client and he had already given several to other clients. And he's like, Hey Liz, I so want to, but I'm on a deadline right now. I just can't. No big deal. Like we still have that relationship because we're focused on the relationship as opposed to, Oh my gosh, I need this endorsement. Yeah. So key critical. Now here's Here's another one that just happened from a dear friend of mine. I got an email about something that they were upcoming doing, supposedly from them, except I could tell from the way the email was written that there were some inaccuracies about our relationship that she didn't write it. And I pinged her back and I said, you know, when it's not important enough for you to reach out directly to ask me for something then you shouldn't be asking. And especially don't act like it's you and it's someone else. I go, that is a double. And she said, you know what? Thank you. Thank you for that important reminder. And it's always been my big thing is like, this relationship is gold. It's like so valuable to me and I do not want to do anything to potentially damage it. And I am always going to make that first connection or outreach or ask. But at what point you know, because we do have, as we're building things, like I just did a big summit and clearly I made the first ask, but I wasn't doing everything all along the way. So what do you need to do and where do you delegate without doing what I just talked about? <laughs> it's such an important question because there's absolutely things you can and cannot delegate. So the first one that you cannot delegate is that initial ask or even just any type of like check-in, how are you doing emails that you didn't write? People can feel and sense that it's not you. And it would be much more sincere and genuine to send them like a three word DM on IG or something like that than to like craft this email A that you didn't write. And then when it comes to things like book launches, summits, you know, program app launches, that initial ask absolutely has to come from you and it has to come from your heart. And then once, you know, that person responds and say, oh my gosh, I'm happy you know, to help out. And then you can say, fantastic. So you need to then reply again and say, if it's okay, I'm going to have, you know, Allison step in here and she's going to get you everything that you need. Of course, don't hesitate to reach out to me if something comes up in the meantime, I'm here, but she's keeping me organized. So I am super low tech to my detriment. I think I'm working on getting better at this. And I still remember way back when there was a special paper phone book that it said it's the last phone book you'll ever need because you could actually index it. It was a very bizarre thing about how you could index it and just add people as you went. It's so much easier now that we have like a contacts card thing on our phone. 
But I still basically will think every day I reach out to a couple people every day. I love that. And there's probably would be a better strategic way to do this because I just kind of go, who pops up in my meditation? And then I reach out to them. But, you know, is there some tools? Are there some other potentially better ways than just who happens to pop up in my head? (laughs) Well, I will say I actually check in in my meditation as well. So I wouldn't discount that just to check in intuitively. And then as far as tools go, I found over the years, depending on the personality and like how your brain works, you know, there's a whole range of options. I've had clients that use a spreadsheet and they'll have like first and last name and then categories. So like all the Mindshare colleagues, you know, you put a Mindshare tag next to it, you know, groups that you and I are a part of together, MMT and Unicorn, we could have those tags there. And you have that list of people and then you can just make a really simple note to yourself of when you last reached out, whether it's on social or email. That's probably the most low tech way of doing that. That's searchable, that you could find people's names. I'm actually beta testing Clay, which is a new CRM right now. It's clay.earth. And I really love it so far. And I'll tell you what I love about it, JJ. It pops up three people for me like, hey, you might want to check in with these three. And I might decide, oh, you know what? This was a great reminder of someone I didn't have on my radar over the next month, but now it feels timely. Or, oh, you know what? I just checked in with them two weeks ago. I'll push this out you know, to a month from now. But I like that it creates some variety to get me out of like maybe a habitual thinking pattern and to see possibilities. I love this idea of just whether it's three a day or three a week of just having that reminder in place to just reach out and stay connected to people. One of the things when my son was in the hospital with his traumatic brain injury that I did to manage my state was if I started heading into pity party zone. What I would do is I would text a few people and tell them what I appreciated or loved about them. Because inevitably, if you text someone, you say, you know, I really love X, Y, or Z about you, at the very least, they're going to go, oh, thank you. You, They're not going to blow you off. 100%. I mean, if they do, then you just learn something valuable about the relationship. But they usually will come back and say something nice about you too, or just send you lots of love and everything else. I'm like, well, that was a great state change. But it's just something I've kind of kept going since then because it just is such a nice feel-good thing, right? You know, that's a great reminder, JJ. There's a book that's been out forever, Love is the Killer App by Tim Sanders, who used to be a you know executive at Yahoo. And I think sometimes we get into this like overthinking state of, okay, it's time to reach out to somebody today. What the heck am I supposed to say? And so he talks about sharing your knowledge, your network, and your compassion. So The other day, I saw a really great pre-order book launch page that I sent to a colleague of mine. And it was a pre-order page for someone within Mindshare, by the way. It was great. Nice. I sent it to my colleague. I was like, hey, here's one for your swipe file. I hope you're doing well. And so like, as you see things come across in your feed or like, oh, I know you mentioned the other day that you're wanting to start a new meditation routine. Hey, check this out. Or it doesn't always have to be about business and it doesn't have to be so formal. And it can be, as you said, hey, just thinking about you and hope all is well, or just thought about you today. And I really appreciate this. It can be that simple. Yeah. And I actually think it's better if it's not about business and it is that simple, right? Like Marie Forleo just sent me something like, I miss you, boo boo. I'm like, okay, you call me boo boo. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Okay. I can't take it. I just love that so much. I'm so excited to be someone's boo boo. 
And the recipient doesn't want to feel like, okay, it's the four week mark and I'm getting like the perfunctory message really is that, you know, coming from the heart and coming from that place of inspiration and motivation that you are playing the long game with your business and the impact you're called to create and that you see relationships as part of that long game, that there can be all kinds of amazing things that are going to come out of these relationships if we hold those possibilities lightly versus fixating on who's going to do what, then it's a lot more fun and playful. So speaking of all the cool things that come out of amazing relationships, give us a couple fun examples because I know you've had clients get crazy things happening from relationships. Absolutely. So one of my favorite stories is a woman, she was invited to do a virtual book club discussion for this industry association. And I think there was maybe 30, 40 people on this one call. I mean, that's, you know, especially when you're in book launch time and you're feeling like anxious, it's easy to say, oh my gosh, this is a waste of time. But we use the criteria to say, okay, is this group, you know, aligned, serving the same or similar audience? Was she excited about what they're doing and vice versa? And did she have proximity? All of those boxes were checked and she was excited about it. And so we thought, you know what, let's just try, just see how it goes because there was a potential because of how large the organization was for her to do more things. And so that one virtual book club led to another and another and another and a guest article and a guest article and a webinar, then a keynote, then da, 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 on down the line. And this organization has over a million members worldwide that now know her name from one like virtual book club. So I think It's challenging because we want to make a great use of our time, but also when we're starting out, we want to make the most of like every opportunity. Another great example is a client who had built these, you know, long-term relationship with this client and wasn't even doing that much for them, but like they got wind that he was a great speaker and he at the time didn't have like, you know, a highly polished like speaker reel and all of the things and got a keynote in front of 2000 people because of that relationship. He's an amazing speaker, by the way, and didn't need the real, but there is no way that that invitation would have happened without the relationship that he had with the leadership team. So someone starting out, because I will tell you that like my biggest valuable asset are my relationships. My son would not be here without my relationships. And, you know, I had so much relationship capital in the bank when my son got hit. I felt so uncomfortable ever asking for anything. Of course, when your son's life's on the line, you ask. And it was a big reason the Virgin Diet became a New York Times bestseller. So many people leaned in to help and people were coming to the hospital and bringing me things and everything. And that was to me such a huge example of the value of of relationships. They can save lives. And it happens so often in Mindshare. In fact, I was just at a Joe Polish Genius Network meeting and this guy came up to me and he goes, thank you so much for saving my life. And what happened was someone from that Joe or maybe Yannick Silver, another like super connected person reached out to me. I'm kind of a doctor pimp and said, my friend's really sick. Who would you send them to? And I send them to one of our Mindshare doctors, Dr. Rika Galbraith, who saved this guy's life. This guy literally was going to die. Wow. And, you know, he is like the picture of health now. We're talking about all the things that can happen in business, but it is amazing what can happen in life because of these relationships. I mean, I can't really say, hey, have more great relationships because it's really going to make this part of your life suck. No, it makes every part of your life 
so much better because I find so many people in our mindshare community and the health community at large are introverts. Like I design all of our events, whether it's our mastermind retreats or our big mindshare leadership summit, I design them. I design them for the person who wants to come and just learn everything. And then I design them for the person that just wants to go and party and hang out at the pool. And then I design it for the person who's introverted and wants to make sure that they meet at least 10 people, but they are really tempted to go back to their hotel room. And so what would you say to that person who's like, okay, I spend most of my time in my office, you know, where would they start mining for the gold that is relationships? What would they do? Well, certainly um, I'll address it both like in person and virtually, but like imagine, you know, leadership summit is coming up again in October and, you know, they really want to stretch out of their comfort zone and try to meet more people. Well, you can look at who's coming and do a little research and find people that you have some things in common with, and even just being familiar with the names who might be attending an event. Sometimes we don't always get access to that, but when you do taking a look, you know, at the sponsors, like who are the partners, who are the other speakers? That's one of the greatest opportunities you have in an event is to do research on the speakers. And, you know, this has to be sincere, but you know, go up to the speaker at the end, share something thoughtful that you liked about the presentation. That's one of the easiest, best ways to build relationships with bigger influencer types that you want to build a relationship with. But with your peers, just take a look at who's there, where are they from? Social media gives us so many clues. So if you take a quick look at, you know, some of their posts, you can get a feel for what they're about. Oh, do they have a book coming up? Do they just give a TEDx? So it gives you a point to start the conversation. And then virtually, as I mentioned, you know, social, there's so many clues that allow us insight into how we could get to know someone. And when we come from the place of like giving first and looking for ways to comment on someone's posts, then when we meet them in person, it doesn't feel quite so intimidating. That's fantastic. And I love that most of the times now when we're going to events, we can get kind of heads up as who's coming. So at least we can kind of identify some people we'd really like to meet. And I know at Mindshare, we have put everything in place. So no matter how introverted you are, as long as you get out of your hotel room, we've got you. You know, <laughs> you have to actually come over. But as long as you do, the reality is I am super introverted and left to my devices. Like if there's an event and there's no assigned seating or whatever, I'm going to go back to my hotel room and hide. To me, my worst fear is to walk into a party where I don't know anybody. And everybody knows everybody else. Like that's like the worst of the worst, right? There's a great security in just someone's, you know, badge or lanyard and that name feels familiar to you. I know that our Mindshare colleagues could speak in much greater depth about the neuroscience of this, but it will calm your nervous system to feel like secure. I will even do like breathing exercises before I, you know, walk into a conference room so I can regulate my nervous system and vagus nerve. And then, you know, that plus like the preparation and research, you can feel calm. And then when you think about like bigger questions that you have, it could be something as simple as, you know, if you blank out, are you originally from so-and-so or what are you really excited about right now? You know, if you have some of those questions prepared, the spotlight's not on you and you're focused on the other person and giving to them. Very good point. All such great actionable information. And I'm going to include your website, of course, and everything on the uh, on the show notes that we will put at Mindshare Collaborative forward slash Liz. Easy. Awesome. Beyond just putting all of your, you know, your information, how to reach out to you, how to contact you. And I think we're actually 
taking your talk from the Mindshare Leadership Summit and putting it into one of our podcasts as well. So we'll be able to have that. And we all, I'm glad you mentioned it. I think one of the best networkers, relationship builders on the planet is our buddy, Joe Polish. And, you know, when I think of Joe, he is the ultimate connector of people. I think the most generous human. I never for one minute feel like I've gotten slimed or he just needs something from me. He is the person I know that no matter what's going on, I could call him and he would help. And to me, that's the definition of someone who creates great relationships, right? And he always comes out from the, how do I help first? So his book, What's in it for them, which pretty much sums up this entire thing. And so we'll put that in the show notes too. I think at the end of the day, if we stay focused on service, like we got into this business to serve patients, to serve whether you're in supplements, whether you're a practitioner, whether you have another, you know, health-based business, we're in the business of service. And that service is not just to, you know, patients, customers, and clients, but serving everyone. When we orient to that playing the long game that we're here to make a long-term impact and we stay grounded in that place of service, everything about relationships is, is easier. Amen. Thank you so much. That was fantastic. And again, I'll put it at mindsharecollaborative.com forward slash Liz. And thank you again for your time today. Thanks for having me. Here at the Mindshare Collaborative, we are committed to helping you increase your vision, income, and impact. One of the first things we'd love to support you on is adding a high-profit leveraged income stream so that you can enjoy more time and money freedom. And to help you get started, I've created the Health Professionals Playbook for building multiple streams of income that identifies five proven strategies for creating a sustainable income beyond your primary practice to create time and money freedom. To get your free copy as my gift to you, go to ms365.io forward slash MSI. That's ms365.io forward slash MSI.